Hello everyone and welcome back to Nerding in the Deep. I'm Valerie. And I'm Carlos. And we got married! Yeah, we got married. It was very fun. We are Mr. and Mrs. Nerding in the Deep. Yeah, that's that's who we are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your patience. We know we missed uh, our last recording, but hopefully you understood and you're back and ready for our spooky October. Yeah, it's gonna be a terrifying October, or that's what we hope. I don't know, I don't think we're that terrifying. Oh, well, probably not. But still, we love Halloween. Mm-hmm, we like a lot of Halloween, and, well, we like to talk about spooky games, spooky movies, spooky series, spooky things in general. That's great to have October, just before Halloween, to have a couple of episodes about it. Yeah, it's good to have some dedicated horror kind of episodes. Yeah. But before we get into all that, it's time for your first spooky spoiler alert. Ooh, spoilers. This week, we're going to be talking about our favorite scary games. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover a mix of games, including Resident Evil, mm-hmm. Outlast, Bloodborne, Little Nightmares, Alien Isolation, Mm-hmm. And a few more, so just watch out. We'll try to give you more warnings if needed. So, Halloween. Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays. Yeah, in Spain, it wasn't that big when I was a kid, but to be honest with you, because now there's, you know, more themes of Halloween, more movies and all that stuff, it's catching up in Spain. I have to be honest with you, when I was a kid, we didn't went trick-or-treating, you know, with the uh, going to the doorbell and trying to get for candies or mm. or you couldn't see all that uh, Halloween-y stuff in schools or in even in the supermarket or whatever. So I wasn't really big into Halloween until, well, until I came here to live in Ireland and I came uh, to a country that, well, celebrates Halloween more intensively. Although I have to say that For those of you that you are wondering and you are not Spanish, I think that Halloween is more celebrated now than when I was a kid. In Ireland, we've all, well, while I was growing up in Ireland anyway, we've always celebrated it, not as like intensely as the Americans celebrate Mm -hmm. it, though I definitely see more of an American influence coming over the last few years. But we always had like our trick-or-treating and dressing up and you know, um, having those days in school where you're allowed to wear your costume and everything. We always had that. And I've always been super drawn to like spooky things. I'm not someone who's very easily scared. No, you are not. We are completely different in this situation. It's not that I don't like being scared. That's why I like spooky things, because I like to feel scared. But I am much easier scared than you. Yeah, to be honest, it's kind of disappointing. I kind of wish I was scared more easily. But I still love celebrating Halloween. And I remember growing up because my birthday is in October. I'd always kind of have like a Halloween themed birthday. And I think that's one of the reasons I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Well, your birthday actually is next week. It is next week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we'll say happy birthday now because the next episode will be after your birthday. There's no episode in your birthday. So happy birthday in advance. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, so you had themed birthday Halloween. Yeah. No, I, I love dressing up. Like, it was, wasn't just when I was a kid, when I got to adulthood as well. I always loved to be the one that threw the Halloween parties and I would kind of go all out with decorations. I'd have, like, 
ice cubes and punch bowls that look like severed hands and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I love, love stuff like that. Okay. Okay, that, that, those would have to be in cool birthdays. True, it, they were pretty cool, but I mm -hmm. have to admit, one of my favorite things about October mm -hmm. and Halloween mm -hmm. was playing scary games. Playing scary games. Yeah, I have been playing scary games since I was a kid, and to be honest with you, playing scary games, not only in October, but playing them, it was something that I was delighted. So for you, what kind of makes a good horror game or scary game for you? What makes a good scary game? That's a good question. One of the things that I really love is not knowing at the beginning what I'm facing, feeling kind of like lost. Mm. We will talk during this episode about kind of like the feeling of powerlessness and not feeling, you know, not being able to fight and you have only, you know, to hide like if the monster... Yeah. We're kind of like in real life and it happened to you on me that what are we gonna do? I don't have the strength to 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 have a chainsaw or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I like that, but I also like that I am completely lost at the beginning. I I like in those situations to feel completely lost. I think it's a really good way to deep into, you know, in, in the game, to let the game uh, engulf me. I think it's a really good way to start off that fear response because there's that fear of the unknown that I think everyone kind of can relate to. Exactly, like you are you are dropped there and it's like, okay, I don't know what to expect. I I don't know how, how it's gonna be this game. I, I usually like not to know what the game is about. So I don't know if that game is gonna be more about scary jumps or if it's gonna be about uh, focused a lot on the sound or focused a lot on the hits on the walls or whatever the mechanics mm. are. So I like to be discovering the uh, all those mechanics and all those dangers while I'm advancing on the game. So at the same time, I'm discovering the game. And I, and I like and I love that, like feeling that loss. That, that would make for me a great horror game. And we are going to talk about some games that really bring you into that situation. Mm -hmm. That's for me. What about you? What would you think that makes for you your favorite games? For me, there's kind of three things. Mm -hmm. The first is like the aesthetic of the game. Yeah. I love whether it's like a really creepy forested area or an abandoned campsite or mm -hmm. even something on the more whimsical side. Like yeah. I... I really love a really well thought out setting for yeah. a horror game. The second thing would be plot. It's like you kind of said for your list, that feeling of the unknown, that feeling of being lost. Mm -hmm. I don't like the plot kind of just being shoved in my face in a horror game. Yeah. I like that I have to really look for it. I, ha I don't really know what's going on. And you kind of slowly progress and figure out more throughout the game. Which can be said of a lot of games, but especially in horror games, I like to be a bit confused. Yeah, and in horror games, we can find that in mostly every horror game that we know a lot about what is around us by the notes that other characters have been living around, you yeah. know? So it's just kind of like a puzzle that you have to know, okay, why... Why am I here? Why yeah, is this happening Exactly, to why the situation is like this, and... You know about some characters and about some situations just because of those notes. Mm -hmm. I also love when, thanks to those notes, you get increased paranoia. 
which means like for example you have met a character and the character seems very nice but then you find a note that says oh this character murdered whatever you know and it's like oh wow now i don't know if don't I should feel be so a... safe anymore yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but i think that that's one of the things about horror games in some way ignorance is bliss <laughs> the more you know <laughs> the scarier it gets yeah. and then for me the third and probably the biggest thing for me in a horror game is sound sound I, is very important I, i think especially in this genre of game Sound is really important. It kind of lets you know when bad things are going to happen. It, it builds tension. It, it helps the paranoia kind of feeling in games. And mm -hmm. I'm someone who's quite sensitive to sound in games. I, I really find that sound is a really good way of, of telling the story. Often underrated medium in yeah. game. But especially in horror games, I'm very, very sensitive to sound. And I think it's one of the best parts of a horror game. Yeah, we can see the use of sound being very important also in horror movies. I would agree with you. I like a background sound that maybe goes increasing. So as you said, increases my paranoia or my fear. Mm -hmm. uh, what I don't really uh, like is that the sound just goes up out of nowhere just to scare me. You know, mm -hmm. I don't kind, I, I don't like that thing. I, I prefer the build up. Yeah, you know, I'm the same. And, and I think that's very important. And something also I like that it adds in this situation of feeling lost, is not knowing what are you going to face. I really always have thought, both in, in games and in movies, mm -hmm. that it's always more scary when they don't show you the monster just at the start, you know? Yeah. Like You don't uh, even really know what you're facing. Yeah, like, well, what, what it happens, and a lot of people say that it has always happened with the first movie of Alien, mm. that... Uh, the first movie of Alien is very scary because you don't see the alien until, well, almost the end. Yeah. While the other movies maybe uh, lose a little bit of this strength because people know what they were facing. Yeah. Do you want to go more deep into the games or you want to highlight something else that is for imp important for you to make a really ho um, good horror game? No, I think that we'll probably go into maybe the fourth thing for me, which would be that, like you said earlier, that, that feeling of powerlessness. Mm -hmm. um, I think we'll talk about that a lot later. So I think we should get, get into our, our list of some of our favorite scary games. Yeah, I feel so too. Let's go with the first one. Valerie, you are the one that always have a good organization and good list, which is our first game. Well, I think our first game... It's more on the whimsical side uh -huh. of things. Not as traditionally scary as some of the other ones on our list. Something that people has to understand or has to come through is that, or has to make peace with, is that horror game doesn't imply 100% that it's going to be scary. Yeah, it doesn't all have to be blood and guts and jump scares. It, yeah, it, it can be something like disturbing, mm. a feeling of something is not right here. And of course, well, it scares someone. That doesn't mean that it has to scare everyone. Mm -hmm. Another thing before we go to our first game that I forgot to point out before is that There are tons of horror games in the list. There are tons of horror games that we are not going to cover that you may have thought that they could be in the list. We would be more than happy to hear about them in our Twitter, in our Twitter at NerdInDeep. But yeah, we decided to make the list that it was more personal for us. Yeah, especially yeah. games we've played together. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. 
before further ado, watch the first game. Well, I think when you first see the trailer or the first images for this game, you don't really think horror. Mm -hmm. You a bit like what we were talking about in our animation isn't just for kids anymore episode. It looks kind of cartoony and childish. Yeah, that's how it looks. And that game is Little Nightmares. Little Nightmares. I have to say, I really love Little Nightmares. I also have to confess that we haven't played Little Nightmares 2 because, uh, well, we are waiting for exactly October uh, to play uh, Little Nightmares 2 and it's one of our first games that we are going to start this month. Yeah, we always try to save our, our mm -hmm. horror games till October to play together. Exactly, but we played together Little Nightmares, uh, the first one, and it became completely and straight away one of my horror favorites. It's for me like a mixture of if Ghibli and Tim Burton would have decided to make a video game. Yeah, this would be yeah, it. It's kind of like <laughs> The World or, or, or The Maw, which is the place where we are. It, it reminds me like a setting by uh, Ghibli. But of course, it is dark. Like, like Tim Burton. Like Tim Burton. For me, I just fell in love the first time I played this game. Yeah, no, it's a wonderful game. For those that don't know, we're not going to give away too much of the plot. Mm -hmm. But you basically play as this little girl called Six. Mm -hmm. It's a hide-and-seek kind of puzzle platform game. Yeah. So again, not even the traditional style for a, a horror game. No, it's not a traditional style. Just hide-and-seek and all that stuff you may find. And we are going to yeah. talk about that stuff in the future games yeah, because we are... But a puzzle platform. Yeah, no, you may find puzzles, but not platforms. Mm. Usually, you don't you don't find platform platforms in these kind of games. Little Nightmare has its own soul when it's about to bring you horror. Yeah, you it's know? something unique about it. Since the beginning, since you start controlling six, you know that something around you is not right. You see it in the, you know, in the atmosphere that we were talking about. You see it in the music. You see it not in Six. Six is a very cute character, but in the characters that are around. The one thing you kind of do see in Six quite early on that makes you know something is wrong is Six is hungry. That, that's very important. And that's a, a big thing on the plot of Little Nightmares that, of course, we won't spoil. Like, this episode has spoilers, but we'll try to save you some magic, so if you decide to play these games, you still can enjoy them. Yeah, it was one of the interesting things about Little Nightmares. It does have its kind of more fairy tale, like you said, Ghibli Burton-esque mm -hmm. kind of look about it. But it has some really real scary things that everyone can relate to, like hunger. Yeah, There's... no one wants to be hungry and die out of it. Yeah, and hunger being a big problem in the world, you know, I think they pulled on that up. A lot, like there's a, a scene, this is a spoiler, so if you don't want to listen, fast forward about 20 seconds. There's a, a scene where Six eats a rat out of desperation because yeah. she's so hungry. It's a that, bit, bit of the more gory bits that you see in this game. Yeah, the, the, I wouldn't say that the game is gory at all, no, but it, really. it, it has some moments. And it, more than gory, what I think about Little Nightmares, it has disturbing moments. Mm -hmm. There are some scenes that come to my head when I think about this game, that I really think that they are quite of disturbing. They are, of course, not for kids and that they fit perfectly in a horror atmosphere mm. and in a horror game 
that is completely different of any other kind of horror games that probably you have been playing. Yeah, because you usually see adults in horror games. It's not a, I don't think it's a horror game that you cannot play, for example, with the Dark Soft or the, the Light Soft, sorry, mm. or anything like that. It's it's a game that is just that. It's just... Yeah, it's more disturbing. There's a couple of jump scares, all right, but mo- mostly just on the mm-hmm. the survival and escape. Yeah, but sure game. fits the horror etiquette. Yeah. Number two is probably my most favorite horror game. Okay, so it's your most favorite horror game, so you want to introduce it? You mentioned the movie Alien earlier. Yeah, I did. To go along with that, my one of my favorite horror games is Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation, it really has always sound very scary for me. It It's just one of those games where you're terrified with every step you take. Okay. Okay, um, I, I like that. I, I... <laughs> it's So for those that don't know, it's a game based 15 years after the original Alien film. Mm-hmm. The main character is Amanda Ripley, who is Ellen Ripley's daughter. And she's basically trying to figure out what happened to her mother. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like uh, she tries to figure out what happened to the Nostromo. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly it. This is one of those stalker type horror games. You're being followed by the alien. Mm-hmm. But I always felt that it was just so new compared to the other horror game so when alien isolation came out i think it was 2014 uh yeah i think it had like now seven eight eight years yeah yeah like we were still in the midst of the zombie kind of games being really popular yeah maybe you started a little bit with amnesia or slenderman or things like that but they were kind of like games more indie that the graphics weren't that great compared to what Alien could bring to us. Yeah, it was a beautiful game, but in any of the early horror games, like the Resident Evils, you kind of would learn the patterns of the Mm -hmm. enemies and stuff like that. What was so unique to me about Alien Isolation was you couldn't... There were no predetermined pattern for the aliens or the xenomorph that's tracking you. It's it can be drawn to you by things like the tracker that you have for it, the beeps it makes. If mm-hmm. it's really loud, you have to watch how many times you use it because the alien can hear it. Yeah. If you just so with the androids, which were the other hostiles in the game, if you could choose to either stealthily try to move around them, which was slower, but if you did decide to attack them instead, that would the sound would also draw the alien. Yeah, you could alert him. Exactly. So it wasn't just you could avoid the xenomorph by kind of learning its pattern and avoiding it. Like every step you took, if it was too loud, could draw it. You never knew when it was directly above you. You had to look out for the signs, for the sounds. You had to be so aware. Mm-hmm. And it also had great music. It was really good at building the paranoia feeling that you had throughout the game. A big curiosity of this game, maybe you don't know, mm-hmm. is that the alien has two minds. Yes. So in the game, the alien has two minds. One mind is the mind that is always searching for you. Is the mind that has been programmed to search for you all the time. The other mind always knows where you are. Mm-hmm. So that created that what you were saying before, the movement of, of this alien was unpredictable. So you could always find it when you were inspecting it, 
or you know that every time that you played it was kind of like different yeah it's not like other games where you usually had um a place here and there where you were 100 percent sure you were safe mm-hmm. you were never felt 100 percent safe in alien isolation well no and i am sure if the uh, if the xenomorph doesn't have a pattern then of course i imagine that you would have all the time this paranoia of thinking oh this noise i have heard is the alien or is the sound of the metal of the spaceship or is it an it, android, it an android? did yeah. i make that noise it, it was myself <laughs> yeah yeah what was this yeah that that is a really cool uh, mechanic because of course it every sound may may mean danger or maybe not but <laughs> that that's the fun part right yeah it was just so intelligent of a game it was it was new it felt new because like i said we were still in the midst of the zombie Mm -hmm. games and then on top of all that you got your dose of nostalgia for the alien movies so throughout the game you hear recordings of Sigourney Weaver the um the actress that played Ellen Ripley yeah her Nostromo recordings are found by um by her daughter Amanda and you get to hear her voice every so often throughout the game which was a really nice touch of nostalgia it's a it's, it's a game that I have to tell you during the years it has aged well it's not Mm. one of those games that you would say maybe this hasn't aged well or no i think that you can still play it and if it's still your first playthrough you still will get good fun playing this game i really really highly recommend that you play this game you'll be terrified but when you look back when you finish it you'll be like that game was amazing yeah i completely agree so that was that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next one on our list. Yeah, let's go to the first one. You were talking before about well how everything was zombies and plagues and all that stuff, and we are gonna go to the King Saga of Zombies. And I'm saying saga because for me, picking one of the games it would be incredibly difficult. There are really good games of this saga. And there are very bad games of this saga. Not every game can be perfect. And well, and not know. everyone agrees with, with exactly. what are the bad ones or the good ones. I completely agree with that. So I just prefer to say that this is the Resident Evil saga. Resident Evil saga is probably one of the first classic horror zombie series. It started in PlayStation. Of course, before we had other games in other consoles but you know uh, playstation it was the big boom because this first i still remember the first resident evil that had the trailer where you could see something following up uh, people because the trailer wasn't made with uh, the the computer graphics it was people Mm -hmm. and killing them so it got censored in a lot of countries because it was very gory and well what it was considered gory in that moment because Really, you couldn't see anything. I still remember the first time, and that has traumatized, I'm sure, a lot of people. And a lot of people can relate to that, probably, that are hearing to us. I still remember that first time that you go inside the the mansion, you start exploring, and you see that first zombie Mm. eating the corpse and the zombie turning and looking at you. I remember having nightmares with that zombie <laughs> and well a lot of people have yeah no, a lot of people did it i think it's one of those kind of key nostalgic moments for for people of our generation 
Yeah, it's one of those moments. Oh, do you remember the first zombie operation? Well, yeah, everyone remembers it. Of course, these games, uh, if we were saying that in Alien Isolation that you cannot kill the Xenomorph or in Little Nightmares, uh, it's kind of like more hide and seek. Uh, these games were, m most of them were pure action. Yeah. But it was fun still being different from shooters or other games. Uh, you had to take care of the ammunition you had. Mm -hmm. You had to take care of the herbs you had, the herbs you could mix. And something very cool that I am glad that is not that used anymore is that you could only save if you had, to, you know, for the for the tape writer. Oh yeah, yeah. If I you had ink, that. if you didn't have ink, you couldn't save your game. So you could arrive to a safe spot and you couldn't save <laughs> yeah. your game. You know. Yeah. Personally, if I have to choose one, I'm going for a classic. Probably less horror, but for me, it's a classic and it's the one that made me really fell in love with the saga. That is Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Mm -hmm. My second favorite is Resident Evil Two, which is more horror. But Resident Evil 3 Nemesis is my favorite of the saga. I love Nemesis and I love the all the action that you have there. Um, that's my my all-time favorite of Resident Evil. Also, it has some of my favorite secondaries like Mikhail and um, there's a character that is called like Carlos, which is not that common. <laughs> so, you know, usually in in English-speaking games or or games that are programmed by Japanese, it's very difficult to find a Carlos. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. For me, um, I'm always kind of more drawn to games that I associate with playing with people I care about. Mm -hmm. So I'll always have a soft spot for Resident Evil 4 because I played it with my brother. Oh, Resident, Resident Evil 4 wasn't... Po well, it was popular, but it was very controversial in Spain. Uh, just because um, it's, it, Resident Evil 4 is supposed to happen in Spain. Mm -hmm. But for us, it was kind of like, what the what's happening? Because uh, the accent that the, the villagers have is accent from South America. Oh, so okay. it was like... This is in Spain. <laughs> yeah, this is in Spain. And, and they were talking weird and they were saying weird things. Still... Resident Evil 4 is a very, very fun game, very enjoyable. But in Spain, it's kind of like a meme. Yeah, yeah, I get that. One of the things I talked about at the start was kind of how sensitive I am to sound in horror games. Yeah. And I have a very specific memory of Resident Evil 4 and sound. There is a bit quite early on in the game where you're playing as Leon and you turn to go into a shed and uh, I can't remember, there's something you need at that point, I think it's bullets or something like that. And you go into the shed and the music kind of goes up so you know something's happening, you're like, oh God, what's happening, what's happening? And you turn around and there's always uh, an infected oh. person behind you. And you always know it's there, but it made me jump every time because, because of the of music. The oh. <laughs> but my brother would laugh every time. If he was to watch me play that game, that was the bit he wanted to see because he knew I'd get kind of freaked out at the jump scare and he was coming. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, leave me a tweet in at Nerding Deep if you know the, the part I'm talking about and let me know if it scared you. But yeah, one of the other things I thought that was kind of an added piece to Resident Evil that made it not all about the shooting was mm -hmm. the puzzles. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Resident Evil was one of those games because we are talking about the time of PlayStation, right? 
So in PlayStation, they were starting to add a lot of new mechanics. Mm. Well, we, we had our famous archaeologist, Lara Croft, that she was the queen of the puzzles. <laughs> but we had other games that started introducing puzzles, and Resident Evil started in introducing pu puzzles as something very unique. So what it was difficult of Resident Evil sometimes, it wasn't only that you had zombies or monsters or dogs, zombies... Or you didn't have dog zombies. Yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> exactly. Or you didn't have enough ammunition. No, no. Sometimes it could be that. Well, definitely you were stuck in a puzzle. Of course, you could still follow the guides that we used to buy when we were kids. Yeah. But it was all always quite difficult if you try to manage for yourself. Just uh, as a curiosity, uh, Resident Evil Three has a. Um, has a puzzle, most people will recognize this puzzle, it's a puzzle about water, mm -hmm. and the results of that puzzle is random. It's something that you couldn't solve with a guide. Yeah. It's something that you had to do no trial. No cheating allowed. No, no. <laughs> and also, it's something that for, you know, these people that they are the speedrunners? Yeah. So it's a headache for yeah. speedrunners because it's always random, so it's not kind of like something that you can skip or something like that. Yeah, no, I can imagine that's a real headache for them. Yeah, yeah that's a real puzzle. <laughs> yeah, that is a real puzzle. Yeah, so going into puzzles, going into horror, um, Resident Evil, it was um, my selection here. So which is your next selection? One of the games I'm going to mention next is not something that was very new, mm -hmm. as in mechanics-wise. Yeah. Had a few little bits that made it unique, but still one of the games that always had a lasting impression on me. And that was the first Outlast game. Oh, Outlast. That was so good and scary at the same time. We played that together in Halloween last yeah. year. It was I, my first time. It was Harris's first time. I had already played through it, so I kind of knew what, where the jump scares were and all that. But it was so enjoyable watching you play it. Yeah, yeah. You more or less remembered more or less remembered everything. Yeah, I don't think I jumped because I, I remembered where everything was. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Outlast, it was such a good game. I really loved it. It had everything I want. We were talking before about this. Well, I, I was talking at the beginning about this being lost. Mm -hmm. The game is just a start because you are a guy that gets a call of help from the asylum. Yeah, you're a journalist. You're, yeah, you're a your journalist. Name is Miles. Yeah, but you don't know much about it. No, you don't. You're just going to investigate. Exactly. So it's kind of like you are as lost as Miles is. Yeah. And you start discovering everything on the asylum there. Also, asylum, very cool setting. It is. I, and I think, you know, asylums were really big in horror movies, but not so much in games because it was more abandoned kind of outdoor places where you could find the traditional zombie kind of thing. Yeah. So it was good to go back to the kind of the asylum. Yeah, we had even ma mansions in Amnesia. Yeah. We had forests in Erzlenderman. Uh, we had, of course, the famous police station in, mm -hmm. in Resident Evil. Yeah. We have towns in Silent Hill. But asylums, there are, of course, in horror games. But I, I think that it's the same as you. I think that they were more in movies than... Yeah. And I, I what I was talking about at the start as well was how I don't like the plot super fed to me. Mm -hmm. And definitely, if you don't look for the plot in this game, you will be very confused on what's actually happened. Yeah, something that I, for example, didn't really like that much in, in Outlast 2 is that the plot was... Well, first of all, to magical mm. and second of all it was too spoon fed to you yeah you you are being told everything while 
in this outlast one of the great things is that everything is or by notes or some hints but by crazy characters yeah so th but because they're crazy you don't really know whether to take their word for it or not exactly exactly they are very unreliable narrators yeah so you kind of rely on the the kind of notes and reports that you find scattered around the mm -hmm. game i also love the mechanic of just having your camera mm -hmm. and not just having the camera but you needing batteries to keep the camera light going so that kind of added to the intensity of the game you know knowing that you want to see everything but you have to watch how much you use your camera because you don't know when the next battery is coming along. oh no and that was damn scary in those moments that you have to run away and then at the same time using your camera or not it's like what do i do it's like this guy is gonna kill me but i have to use my camera because if not i'm gonna hit something and I'm i can run see into a wall <laughs> something like that i really loved it uh because one of the things that I really loved uh, about this game, it was what well, we were talking before about the in, in the other games, not in the Resident Evil saga, but in the other games about the powerlessness. You mm. cannot do anything. You are just there, a person that, well, it's looking with the camera, it's looking for batteries. and Yeah, and... like it's not a combat game. You cannot attack any of the, the people that try to attack you. All you can do is run. Yeah, there are some smash buttons scenes, I think, no? One of those that press square or press, but I, yeah, I think Yeah, it's usually that's... for switches and yeah. stuff, so... or to try get away. Yeah, but that's something like the only thing that I remember. I have to tell you there, it has so moments that they are kind of like gory and make you clinch on your seat. Yeah, so spoiler alert for this one yeah. before I go into it, but there is a scene where Traeger, one of the best characters... Probably the best character um, for me the, on, the, on yeah. this game. You see him cut your own fingers off, yeah. which, you know, you're just... You're looking at it and you want to look away, but you can't look away. <laughs> and, just... but, and then when you have that maniac going after you, it's like, ugh... Oh, um, oh, the big guy, what's he called? Chris Walker. Yeah. Yeah, he's always running after you, and, and if he finds you, that's it. Yeah, you know and, it? but you have to hide yourself in... This, for example, this mechanic is very similar to the Xenomorph and the Alien Isolation, mm -hmm. that you see it, so you have to go to a wardrobe and try to... To hide, to see hide, if they'll pass you. Make no noise. Yeah, I think it's also one of the, the best ga horror games that I've played that has, like, really interesting side characters we've we've mentioned traeger and chris walker but also there's a character called father martin oh the father yeah who who thinks you're some sort of apostle yeah <laughs> thing yeah. for him and like you really don't know what on earth he's talking about and he's also one of those characters where you you think is this guy on my side is he not on my side he's like, he, try to <laughs> Try to reach me and more or less you know where to go. But it's like, but do I want to reach him? Is he gonna... Yeah. yeah. There's And there's a lot of like really subtle details that maybe you wouldn't appreciate until you looked into it. So things like when your character is really scared, their breathing gets really heavy and you're slower the more scared you are. And like little things that kind of add to the realism of the game. Yeah, there, there was something like I remember when the... I, Changing one second, mm -hmm. I remember when The Last of Us 2 came out. Yeah. And there are moments where you are with Ellie or with Abby. Mm -hmm. And there are moments that because of the effort or because they are scared, 
uh, you can feel their breathing. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying, oh, so revolutionary, it's so great. Yeah. And I lasted it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and probably other games too that I cannot remember I'm sure, now. I'm sure. They, uh, I don't think it was the first one. But one of the things that added really to the tension of Outlast is that you could feel this guy, you could feel him trying to go away, how scared he was. And with him, you were scared. You don't want to get killed. You know that you, at the end is a game, you know, but when you get inside the game, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's there are moments that are really, really scary. Yeah, I think it's one of the, the games that does realism a lot of justice, especially in the ending. I won't spoil it for you, yeah. but I remember being really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it is what it is. But yeah, it's a game that brings you out. Also, as, a, as I was saying, full of paranoia yeah because when you are in a dark area it's like i want to see what i have in front of you but at the same time it's like do i really want to see yeah do you really want to know what's in front do of I, you do, do i really want to put on the camera and see a weird face that maybe it does, doesn't attack you because there are mm. just people in the asylum that doesn't attack you or i remember that moment that you pass beside a guy in a wheelchair oh, and the first yeah. time the first time he doesn't attack you, and then, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, he's not attacking me. He's just another person in the asylum." And then he grabs your hand and tells you whatever thing yeah. I don't remember exactly. I think that's the jump scare that got everyone in that game. Yeah, but it's like that. There's a lot of times that it's paranoia. It's like, do I really want to see what I have in front of me? There was a moment that I even thought that the enemies, like the twins, or Chris or Trigger Walker. or Chris Walker, they could see the red button of your camera if you were recording or something like that. There was a <laughs> moment that I was so paranoid that I thought like, no, I don't want to see anything because and at the end it's just a camera that doesn't have a red button or anything. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's your ways to see things, but I didn't want just to put it all on my just face. Just in case. Just in case. That, <laughs> what if it has a red pilot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. re- really good game. I think it has also aged quite well. Yeah. So really worth playing. Yeah, if we, you haven't already. Exactly. We had a lot of fun. We laughed a lot. It has a lot of scary jumps. Uh, if you haven't spoiled yourself, it's it's a good game and worth to give it a try. And it's not super long because I remember that the same Halloween we play Outlast One and Two. Yeah, we did. So they are not super long games, but they are good enough that it's like that. It's not short. You are like, okay, this is it. But it's not long that it's like, oh, I still have to continue. So really great. Let's go for the next one. Yeah. The next one, some may argue, is not a horror game. But it's definitely a horror game. I think it is, personally. But I I can also see why people wouldn't think of this game when you think horror game. It's not a horror game in the fact that the base of the game or, or or the main thing of the game is getting you scared. Yeah, no, its aim isn't really to scare you. No, but you get scared jumps sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you get tension not knowing what to yeah. do. You, sometimes you feel powerless. The setting is very the, kind the, of horror. The, senti- the setting is kind of horroring. And to be even more pointing it out, it's more cosmic horror-related. Horror yeah. In case you haven't guessed already, we're talking about Bloodborne. Yeah, Bloodborne, one of our favorite games of all time. We have completed it a couple of times together. I really love it. And for me, it's, one of, it's a masterpiece. And if you like horror games, mm-hmm. I think it's a must. Yeah, the, it, the setting is beautiful. It's uh, got a Victorian feel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it also, of course, being a Soulsborne game, has like a Lovecraftian element to it. Yeah. It makes you feel very small and insignificant, which is scary. Yeah. Which is why it's on this list in a way. Exactly. That's a little bit what cosmic horror is about, right? Cosmic horror sometimes is not about... Well, it's not about jump scares. It's not about... It's more about... Well, cosmic entities that we maybe don't understand how insignificant is the human being. Mm. Like, those cosmic beings are for us what we would be for an ant. Mm -hmm. Like, an ant doesn't understand us. We are not able to understand those forces there. And that's the scary part, right? Because it's like, you don't know what's happening or, well, you don't know how the presence of those, well, gods or entities or monsters they are gonna affect you yeah there's a there's a scene i think it's after is it the the blood moon or the red moon whatever it's called yeah Uh, the the blood moon yeah whenever that um that happens there's a scene where all the uh amygdalas you see that there's loads of them scattered around the (laughs) the town we thought there was only one and it's just one of those moments where you realize that these god creature things have been watching you this whole time and (laughs) just don't care about you exactly for (laughs) those of you that you don't know it's like these amygdalas that she has mentioned they are kind of like a monster thingy that has different arms Mm. and they are all around the buildings but when you are playing the game at the beginning because you don't have enough uh insight you don't have enough knowledge of the world Mm -hmm. you don't see them but the more you know the more you can see weird stuff. Yeah. Is what she's saying. It does have, apart from a moment in the game, if you have enough insight, you can see it even before. Yeah. But there's a moment in the game just that it triggers it, that everything changes and you can see them. And that's that, that's kind of like really scary on the fact of that those things were there all the time. I just didn't... And, and I couldn't see them because I didn't have the yeah. insight. I, yeah. So it's kind of like a different setting. As you said... Very interesting, and, and it's kind of like Lovecraftian horror. It's kind of my favorite. Uh, it's less in the face. It yeah. has a lot of horrific stories, like the well, like what happens in the Fisherman Village, or what happens with Kos, or well, in general, the game itself, or why we are surrounded by beasts and all yeah. that stuff. Everything is disturbing. Yeah, and it's like Outlast in that you're not going to know what the plot is unless you go looking for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, no. And as every Soulsborne game, yeah. it, it's more difficult. You have to read the descriptions. And the big difference between this game and Outlast and Alien Isolation or even uh, Little Nightmares, more similar to Resident Evil, but in another way, is that you can fight. Yeah. Since the almost the beginning, you have all the resources to, well, to... To kill things. Yeah, to kill and face things. The thing is not about, I'm scared of the things. The things, I can kill them, but it's the atmosphere. It's oppressive. Mm. The music around, it's to make you always be aware of everything. The villagers talking to you, saying this is your fault and you don't know why, what yeah. things happen. Feeling surrounded in an area that you don't know what what we were saying before you are completely lost yeah it, you're, it's it's disturbing walking around like you see these really deformed mm-hmm. people walking around that are obviously 
looking for a fight like really early in the game you come across a bonfire that's surrounded by the villagers and you're like how the hell am i going to pass these people and yeah are they going to hurt me and exactly all that all that kind of you're really confused you don't know what's happening but as all souls born games do uh the games reward the observant and yeah. you, you slowly uh if you want to <laughs> if you want to. learn learn what's happening in in the bloodborne world yeah and i have to say it has a very very beautiful and healthy and hunting lore it is very difficult to grasp all of it in one side mostly one you have yeah or one yeah. playthrough or one side like maybe you can play it five times and you just miss it you know uh because it's one of those things that probably you have to search with the community mm. and with with different youtubers that's one of the great things no it's like the more you investigate the more you know and more magical is the game i think in in that situation yeah it's it's one of the most visually stunning games on our list and of course being a, a soulsborne game the bosses are really well thought out yeah they're always one of those games where you you feel like things are unfair but when you look at it the game teaches you how to defeat defeat these bo bosses you just uh, need yeah. to be patient and observant and wait for the right moment and it makes you more clever as you go through and the if not you can always grind and fight them just by brute force but, but that you'll would, get there that eventually would be it might take you 10 years yeah that, that <laughs> could be less funny but you can always grind and go by brute force yeah? yeah yeah so yeah maybe not your first thought when you think horror game but yeah. I think deserving of a spot on our favorite list. Well, yeah, because it's also one of our favorite games. So I think that because it's also one of our favorite games and it's at the end, the theme is horror. So I think that it you can't get much more horror than Lovecraft. He is the creator of, co of cosmic horror. Then, of course, you may agree if that's horrific or it's not. But at the end, it has something very oddly terrifying yeah you know uh, that the the fact of that we are so we can be very small for some entities we're, yeah we're we're insignificant exactly you know we are futile so <laughs> yeah those are the five games we have picked that we wanted to talk about like kind of like more in depth in depth but then we have made kind of like a bonus track again as i said before still with the bonus track we are not we are not gonna cover everything because at the end covering every single horror game even mentioning them and then there are sometimes there are some obscure indie games that we maybe don't know that's also we always are searching for games to play in october so you can always tweet us tweet us at, at nerding deep and we can always add it to our playlist for the month of october exactly and then we can tell you well, what we thought about it it can be for our list next year yeah <laughs> But I felt like there were a couple of games that definitely deserved an honorable mention. Yeah. For me, I think Five Night at Freddy's and Slenderman are two games that really kind of introduce the next generation into scary horror games. Mm -hmm. I think people got bored of the zombie trope and yeah. kind of there was a bit of a fall in the popularity of horror games. But I think these two very simple games mm -hmm. that no one probably expected to do as well as they did re really helped bring horror back into the next oh generation. yeah because uh, i remember still Slenderman was super simple it was just search for eight notes and yeah. then he appeared just behind you or whatever 
Yeah. But still, people got really scared about that. Yeah, it was one of those that if it was in the dark and you had your headphones on and you were alone and you were playing it, it was it was really terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Five Nights at Freddy's, I think the setting of it and the design was really interesting. Something a little bit more fresh in that you weren't moving at all, that things were coming to you and... Um, I really love that idea and of course it completely exploded in popularity. You get toys, plushies of it. Well, something just... that does introduce children into yeah, horror. Yeah, but I don't know how young I would go with Oh, well, yeah, but you, you don't know, you don't have to give it to a five-year-old, but yeah. Yeah, but two games that maybe are not the most clever of horror games or something that maybe our generation would have loved as much as other games, but definitely worth being yeah. on the honorable mentions list. Yeah. For me, I, I have to pick silent, the Silent Hill saga, especially Silent Hill yeah. 2. I have to be honest. When I was younger, Silent Hill saga and Resident Evil saga, it was like Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's still true to this day that it's like that. Yeah, but Silent Hill, because of Konami, has gone a little bit more under while Resident Evil is still there. Still... Silent Hill 2 is a really, really, really good game. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we always have to remember Pyramid Head, that it was the nemesis of Silent Hill 2. And it was well, very, very scary. Who doesn't love Pyramid Head? Yeah, yeah. Well, I also wanted to mention Dead Space. Uh, we were talking about Alien Isolation before. And, well, nowadays there are more games that are kind of like more in the space. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, it was kind of like new because it was the zombies and a, a lot of stuff you didn't see them that much in space mm -hmm. and that space i feel that coming the remaster very very soon to all of those that played that space uh one two and three yeah. they are really looking forward to play this that space that it still has some of the most hunting cinematics of all horror games mm. for me so, uh, the first one i think that the space deserved a mention in yeah in, in, i'm really looking forward to playing the remaster i could see it maybe becoming one of my favorites yeah. but yeah definitely worth being an honorable mention exactly then well there are other games that we have already mentioned like amnesia mm -hmm. that they were very big by the uh well youtube and streamer phenomenon it was one of those that a lot of streamers of youtubers used to play like turning the lights off yeah. and putting the camera on and playing and, and getting scared and it was a big boom on amnesia oh yeah there was tons of videos i remember mm -hmm. seeing of amnesia and uh it was a good game yeah yeah it was and then then kind of uh one of the, uh, going back to the zombies uh -huh, going back <laughs> the walking dead series of games was uh one of the ones i loved it it was different in that's more story based yeah and the decision making yeah. based which, which was nice. It was something different. And I really enjoyed playing with Clementine. And mm -hmm. it was probably one of the, the uh, games you're happy to play in the day and just chill and, and move But it still, still had some moments that you have oh, to yeah. decide, oh, do I have to cut my arm? Do I have to do this? Or, yeah, and uh, there's jump scares, you know, the yeah. zombies coming out of nowhere. Wouldn't make it to my top five list simply because... I don't find it that scary. No, but they were interesting. Uh, they were part of the Telltale game, so they were kind of like similar to The Wolf Among Us, that it was kind mm. of like the same company. And now, well, if you like those kind of games and you think, oh, 
I love. I used to love the uh, Walking Dead games. Is there any game like that of decisions or whatever? I recommend you guys to play The Quarry, which mm. I haven't played, <laughs> but I recommend you because it's that style of game. It's a horror game where you have to take some decisions. Very also Detroit Become Human, although that's not horror, but you know, kind of like you have to. Well, if you're afraid of AI and stuff, it might be a bit hard. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but those are kind of like all the games we collected. Uh, we hope that, well, I know that we have talked to very about very mainstream games. Mm -hmm. But anyway, there are some people that still get surprised when sometimes we recommend Little Nightmares or even, even Outlast. Some people sometimes get surprised because, well, they weren't into horror in the past mm -hmm. and maybe are now. Um, so if we have discovered any game for you we are very happy about that if we have talked about games that you love we are happy about that yeah i think for our our scary halloween mm -hmm. month of october we kind of wanted to honor some of our favorite games and nerd out a bit with them exactly and I, we thought it was a good start because we haven't been covering video games that much in and it's one of our biggest passions exactly so we hope that either you found a new game or have been reminded to play one of your classic favorites let us know at our twitter at nerding deep if you decide to play any of these games or like we said earlier if you have any recommendations for us because we have, ha have a whole month of video game fun to, to look forward to yeah so we hope that you add some of these games to your list for october before halloween well this has been the first episode of our spooky october Ooh. we look forward to scaring you in the next episode <laughs> or trying to <laughs> or failing at scaring yeah. you <laughs> anyway it's been lots of fun and we look forward to seeing you next time goodbye <laughs>